I'm always putting constant stress on my body, which is why I decided to try mud water. And it has been a game changer in regard to mental focus. The blend of adaptogenic mushrooms, cordyceps, and lion's mane all support focus, physical performance, and are great for the immune system. Now, these aren't the hallucinogenic type of mushrooms, but I do like that mud water gives back to the Berkeley Center for the Science of Using Psychedelics to help treat individuals with mental health disorders. Go to mudwater.com, that's M-U-D-W-T-R, use code CAM for 15% off your first order. Hoyt Archery has been my bow hunting sponsor since 2005. And personally, I really don't care what bow you shoot, what brand it is. I just hope that you have the same level of confidence in your equipment as I have in mine. Because I know if I get one opportunity with my Hoyt, it's going to pay off. Well, here we are. It's a Keep Hammering Collective here with Scooby the Jeweler, right? Yeah. Is it DA? It's DA because someone took the T-H-E from me. <laughs> Scooby. Yeah, so you got it. Scooby the Jeweler. So yes, I, I didn't even know. So what is your real name or do you ever say it? My real name is Onik, yeah. um, but that's like non-existent now <laughs> since like I've been working so hard and like getting recognized in a, in a good, honest way. So even my friends stopped calling me by my real name. So it's Scooby now. Scooby. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's uh, you can't I, I mean, you remember Scooby. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Well, this is a great just a, what an amazing story. So you made me this piece. You brought it all the way out here to Oregon. Yes, sir. This incredible necklace with my logo, mm -hmm. I mean, what, how did this happen? So I was actually watching, can't remember whose podcast or what ad I saw specifically, but your book came up and I was like, wait, I know Cameron Haynes, Bo Hunter, Joe Rogan's, one of Joe Rogan's friends. I was like, this is, this has to be a book I got to read. And plus you and David Goggins are, if you guys run, you guys are either going to kill each other or something's going to happen when yeah. running. So I was like, all right, this is a, this is a chance that I get to read this book after Goggins book is finished mm -hmm. and I read it and I was, and to be honest, for my life, I was, I was kind of like, you know, I wasn't reaching my full potential. And then I picked up your book a month ago and I put all the strategies in and I got inspired. I was like, man, Cameron Haynes, I got to do something. Yeah, I have to. So sketched out the design and sent it over to my team and. I sent it over to you and I was, and you said yes. And I was like, all right, this is a dream come true. Let's do it, man. I mean, I'm, I'm blown away because it looks so incredible. Your work is amazing, but the chain is so good. And you just like, you know, just wanted to gift it to me. Yes, sir. I can't, I, I'm trying to think of what gifts I've got that are as cool as this. <laughs> and I can't really, I mean, it's, I'm blown away. Thank you. Yes, sir. I mean, any gifts that you get should be like we should consider it as a blessing. Like I get, to, I, get right. a, I get, I get, I get the opportunity to meet you. I get mm -hmm. the opportunity to meet your family. Be a part of your podcast. I, I told, I told my mom like years ago when I saw your Instagram post and when I was just doing a nine to five, I was like, Mom, I'm gonna get on someone's podcast, but I didn't know who. But I, I remember you liking a photo, and I was like, okay, I guess this is my goal. Yeah. So in about, I think it took me four years. Really? Four years. That was four years ago. Yeah. I told my mom. How can, I mean, isn't that incredible? So you put something out in the universe, you say you're going to do it yeah. and then it's happening. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, life is, I mean, so how, how did, that was when you were 24 you said you're 28 now. Yes, sir. How did this, your business, is it just, how did you get started in this? All right. So 
This I'm gonna take you guys back to 2008, 2007. Okay. So this is where I'm uh, eighth grade, a little bit of freshman in high school. Uh, the economic collapse, collapse happened, and so mom and dad are they they have their jewelry store since 1990s, and then the new one since 2003. So when the economic collapse happened, the problem that occurred was that you know everybody lost their money, no mm. business, nothing gas and specifically in Atlanta and Georgia was four to five dollars a gallon just for regular imagine what premium was I can't remember but yeah. if I was to do the math probably like 499 mm -hmm. and I I told my dad let's try eBay you know let me just create an eBay store you know it's like 10 percent in fees we can mark up a product higher just mm -hmm. to cover our fees but instead we can ship products out to clients that don't want to drive to the mall right and so i started off with that and then you know that ebay was the brink of like my addiction to jewelry mm. right what comes in what products are this what's the meaning what's what what does that chain's name mean or how do you say it in italian it's just a whole bunch of lists and so yeah, eBay was the start and it paid my way through college really? completely. And so that you were freshman or eighth grade when you had this idea for for to, eBay. Yeah. And what did your parents think? My dad thought my dad was like, I don't know if this will work. My mm -hmm. mom was like, just push. She she's like after after my mom, it's my wife, but my mom's my rock. Like mm -hmm. she will tell me that like, go pursue this. Like go get it. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm saying my dad wasn't, but like she was yeah. like, Go do it. Let's see where this goes. Well, was nobody buying jewelry at that time, probably because of the, the mm -hmm. nobody was going into the malls. Okay, right. So ga gas was expensive. So why would you drive to the mall? So everybody right. was suffering. So I, I figured out a slogan in a way where why pay four dollars for a gallon of gas when I could ship it for free, mm -hmm. and it worked. Yeah. And then how did the business? How that? I mean, how long did it take for the business to kick up and things um, to be going great? I think. It took about six and a half months for every to upload all those products, learn the strategies of SEO marketing, alt keywords just for like Google searches mm -hmm. and uh, eBay algorithm picked it up and, you know, sales were higher and higher. And while this in store for my pops wasn't working as much, mm -hmm. eBay was high. So all the money just went to him. I see. So it was a good way for me and my dad to connect and me and my family to connect, even though. The business is hard, but, you know, it was a great way of keeping the family together and doing the things that we had to do to survive. And now, so w what are we, what is this, like 15 years later? Yeah. How, how's the business now? So with regulations in eBay, you know, the eBay business is like, you know, it's there, but it's not doing as well as what I did on Instagram. And that even started during COVID. So mm -hmm. I went to college for being an IT person. Okay. And I just focused on getting a degree. Like any immigrant parents want their kid or anybody, right? They want their kids to have a degree, go get a good job, go do something you love. I got a degree and I got a corporate job and I hated it. <laughs> I what, hated where it. are you from? So I was born in Gastonia, North Carolina, um, raised in Atlanta. And my father's from India. My mom's from Pakistan. Okay. So they got married. I think it was a little bit after the conflict between the two countries. Mm -hmm. So when things weren't as heightened, they got married and then they moved to America. 
And then in 95, I was born. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. And how long did your dad have the jewelry store? So when did he start that? So dad start, started the jewelry store in 19, if I'm right, 1991 mm. in, in North Carolina. But when he got here, he was staying in Chicago. And I still have this picture where it keeps me grounded a little bit, like know where you come from, mm -hmm. right? So it's, a, it's him in a Dunkin' Donuts, like, uniform. So he started off at Dunkin' Donuts. Whoa. So. Just grinding. Just grinding. Two trying jobs. To, trying to make money. He even showed me his uh, train line when we were in Chicago. Yeah. He showed me, like, hey, I would wake up at 3 o'clock, take this train here, do this job for four or five hours, go to the next one, and then come back home at 10, 11 o'clock and do it again. Man. And then, do you have brothers and sisters? I have an older sister. Yeah. So she was she was born in Pakistan. So, I see. Yeah. I see. Wow. So what a journey. Yeah. I mean, I, but look look at where you've taken it now. Yeah. I mean, does it seem it's surreal? Unreal. It's unreal. Yeah, because I see your Instagram and I see athletes and I don't know if any rappers or anything or entertainers are on there, but yeah. I mean, I definitely see the athletes. Yeah. How did? I mean, what was that first big? Uh, impact big, yeah from on, on on in that realm man to be honest i started off in covid yeah. so when i quit that job it was like shit what am i gonna do you quit the it job i quit the it job it was 120 hour weeks i was sitting in a square room what were you doing just i was just coding away yeah and it was just i knew how to code not anymore but i knew how to code i was fixing systems and and then like i guess the corporate system is just hammer down on people, get as much as you can get out, and then they'll replace you even if you quit. Yeah. So when I quit, uh, Dad told me, take two months off. I was like, okay, we'll see how that goes. Three days later, I called him. I was like, Dad, get me back to work. Put me <laughs> in the business. Let's go. You're going stir crazy probably. So you were working 120 hour what? 120 hour weeks. You were working that much? Yeah, I was up. I would start at 8 a.m., I wouldn't finish till like 6 a.m. the next morning. And then I would get two hours of break. So I'd sleep, do it again. Yeah. And do it again and do it again. Wow. And it just, and I was handling three to four projects because I, I knew how to, how the new system worked. Yeah. And some of the people didn't. So I had to train and do the new system solve. Were you making good money doing it? No. No. I mean, we had a pay increase in 2020 of January and then they cut us off about a good percentage. So I was back down, but actually I was below my starting salary. Wow. Yeah. And they withheld a little bit of payments. And they were just saying the economy is, is They're, too rough. We yeah. can't afford it. Yeah. And you had no choice. I mean, so obvious. either you do it or you quit. Yeah. Wow. And was that in Atlanta? Yeah. I was, okay. I was living at my mom and dad's place at that time. No apartment. I was like, there's no point of spending Atlanta rent money. Right. It's like 1900 bucks for like a one bedroom apartment. Makes yeah. no sense. Right. So um, I, I saved all the money that I could. So when I quit, I had a I had a good low, well, high five figure amount saved because like, I'd never spent a dime. Mm. So I just found the I just found a way to invest my money into real estate and avoid my dad paying for my credit card bills right at that point so I, I got lucky with that one yeah and then um and then when i got into the business um i had to figure out a way to instead of doing the wholesale side like my dad was doing i had to figure out the instagram side 
So I watched all of Gary Vaynerchuk's videos from one to 100. Mm. And at 100, I think one of the lines was, stop watching my videos if you understand what I'm doing. <laughs> so I stopped. Yeah. And I practiced everything he did. And what was the, what was the key? Consistency. Okay. Like, keep posting six times a day on stories, mm. three times or four times a day on your regular feed post, hashtags, which now have developed into like other other keywords now, but I kept doing it every single day, nonstop. I mean, my wife, girlfriend at the time was like, can you please get off of Instagram? Like you're <laughs> I'm <addicted."> working. <laughs> I, I mean, that does not work well. <laughs> For a while. Yeah. yeah. Man, it's, uh, now I sit down with you and think about it. Yeah, that was rough, man. And then, so what happened? So three days off from your other job after you quit and then your dad said, okay, let's do this. How long till you started seeing something? So you're doing, it took me about seven, seven months, seven months. And then, and then what happened? Um, seven months. And I found like a couple suppliers online that reached out to me and, uh, they were showing me like the way that custom businesses work. Mm. So I'd get on the phone with them at like two, three o'clock in the morning and keep in mind, these are, these are guys overseas. Yeah. And the guys in, in the U S sometimes they won't share a lot of things, but if you find that right person, they will, but the guys overseas, they want the business. Mm. So they taught me everything that I know Mm. and about specifically custom jewelry. And so I found suppliers and then, you know, I messaged all the athletes. I was like, Hey, let me know if you want a custom piece. Mm. So my first one was just on Instagram, just on Instagram, just hitting up DMS. Yeah. Yeah. And then your first one was who? Uh, my first one was a UGA player. I don't know if I should name him or not, but yeah. um, Oh, what type of player? Uh, he was a defensive player. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 He was a football player. Um, I gave him the piece for free. Oh, really? And all I asked for him was, I'm going to come drop this off in two and a half weeks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you a chain and a box. All I asked from you is if you could spread the word. Yeah. I'm trying to educate all my clients in a way where they aren't spending so much money. Hmm. And that was the start from that one athlete. It trickled down into like hundreds. Really? And it's a blessing. Oh, man. So it it worked. Yeah. Your vision worked. Yeah. And then as far as like these suppliers, so is there, I mean, is there a huge markup on products coming? Where does everybody get like the golden diamonds? Where where does it come from? So majority, so... Everybody knows that diamonds majority of the time comes from Africa. Sometimes they get shipped off into Belgium. Sometimes they get shipped off into Russia. India is the processor and polisher. Mm. All right. So you have the rough diamond that comes out of the earth. They, India, India is the one that polishes it at a maximum amount. Like they have factories running all day, cutting up rough diamond, polishing them, sorting them per clarity. And that's how... Like these wholesalers in the world, basically, if they if they're getting it, they're getting it from India or China at mm-hmm. this point, um, because they're the two biggest suppliers of, you know, diamonds and finished made products. Mm-hmm. And so, is that clarity? Is that what makes it more expensive or less expensive? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it starts off with the I one, I two, SI one, SI two, VS one, VS two, VVS two, VVS one. And is that like, so I1 is the top and then it no, goes... No, no, it's I1's bottom. Oh, I got gotcha. And then you go all the way up to oh. like Flawless, which is FL. FL. Yeah. And those are probably very spendy. Uh, chop off my arm. <laughs> like, is that expensive? So you, I know you told me one part is that 
when these guys reach out to you or whatever, however the, the correspondence works, mm -hmm. you try to give them options because as you mentioned, even just this morning when you came in, um, you don't want people going broke on their yeah. hard earned money. Right. Yeah, yeah. So how does, how, how do you do that? So let me take it for an example as you're a bow hunter, right? You take each hunt with absolute highest respect that you can. Mm -hmm. So these guys, the NIL space is very, very new. It's been, I think, about a year, year and a half new. And um, I want to make sure, like, these these kids that are coming into college and playing for these respective schools are getting paid, but there is no financial literacy for mm -hmm. these guys. And so whenever they see, like, another NFL player with all these diamonds and stuff, I'm like, and they want to spend this money. And when I give them the reality check of what their piece is going to cost, they're like, oh, I can't afford that. Mm -hmm. So when I try to do, what I try to do is get their idea, put it into reality on a computer design with my team and I explain to them like, Hey, you have different metals and stone options and you don't have to go broke. You deserve the ice. Don't get me wrong, but schools first, families first, then me last. Right. So if you're going to do all these things, just know you have school to take care of mom and dad to take care of or right. siblings. Mm -hmm. So I try to do the best I can to make every single piece affordable, even if I have to cut my profits or even if I have to cut down any of my personal like luxuries, like I'll do it. I don't mind. So what I decided to do was I became a minimalist and I travel light. I travel with that backpack right here that I just brought in yeah. and that's it. How, so why, why do you do that? I mean, that's not like a normal businessman mindset usually. Usually it's you take all you can get. Yeah, but greed is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. You Money comes and goes. Honesty in the business or honesty in whatever you do in life. Faith and uh, faith in like other things that you want to pursue from your passion. That is key. Like you have to be honest and not be greedy because God gave you a blessing. Right. Like he gave you a talent or, or like the drive for you as like bow hunter, right? You will be relentless at what you do. You run relentlessly. Like I've seen in your videos, if I can be honest and if I can do whatever I got to do to make this happen for that client, I will do it because mm -hmm. I don't care for the money. I care for them not going broke. And we've seen NFL players go broke. Right. And, and now I'm seeing a lot of college players as well overspending going out it's 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 gotten to the point where honesty is it's just out of this earth now and i'm trying to bring it back right yeah i i'm a lot of respect for that that's and it's hard yeah you i got a lot of pushback but it's hard <laughs> pushback how it's like why are you cutting your profit margins mm -hmm. right i was like if this client is like dire wants this piece right i will do anything it takes Mm -hmm. Right. Some other people will stay firm, foot down, whatever it takes. But I have to put myself in their shoes, right, where they came from or how hard they worked. I got to respect each dollar with as, as if it's my own. Right. Right. We, we're not going to like spend a dollar recklessly here and there partying, doing whatever. No, that person has worked really hard for their money. They're handing it to me to have a product that they will cherish I hope for a lifetime. Right. So I have to respect each dollar. Even if they don't have the exact dollar amount, I will figure out a way to hit their budget, mm -hmm. whatever it takes. But when you say you got pushback, who's that from? The market. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, 
it, it's gotten to the point where, how do I say this right? It's gotten to the point where like competition has increased now mm-hmm. where I've been a sole target on Instagram for sure. A target. Yeah. From like other- they're just trying to like bad mouth and this, that, the other, like the bad comments. Right. And it's just terrible. Yeah. So they want to try to diminish what you're offering. Mm-hmm. Say you're doing something wrong or mm-hmm. not doing it right. Yep. Just so they, to protect their own interests, yep. essentially. Yep. So and they, they figure mudslinging will do that. Yep. Huh? And uh, I don't even own a storefront. Hmm. I use my dad's back office. Okay. So I have a... Is he still there in the mall? Yeah. Well, it's called America's Mart. Mm. For, uh, it's a it's in downtown Atlanta. So it's all the wholesalers that are, for jewelry specifically are sitting in there. Oh. So uh, he still has this place in the Mart since 2003. And uh, I just sit in his back office with that Costco table that he gave me. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and you just hustle online. Yep. I, he, I upgraded from a stool that I used to sit on to a chair. Okay. So I had well, to learn. You're, the, you're living good then. I mean, the chair's pretty comfy. <laughs> Does that have arm rails and everything? No, oh. I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, I mean, what an amazing story though. Yeah. I mean, it, so the business, is it, how busy are you now? I mean, are you, are you killing it or are you? It's ebbs and flows. Okay. Everything's ebbs and flows. Um, to be honest, uh, from December, actually November, 2022, all the way before I left for Europe, before I talked to you, uh, before April, I was, I was pumping out like a hundred orders, mm. like a month. And as soon as I got like, as soon as I, before I left for Europe, I had like 20 boxes that I had to ship out because I oh. couldn't fly to these places because I had to leave for Europe. I was, I'm not going to skip that one. Yeah. So what was um, that? What was that vacation or? So it's honeymoon part two. Oh, I see. So part one already happened yeah. and I, um, I was working. Yeah. So that was not good, but I, <laughs> you well, just got married recently. I got married in July. Okay. So it's been over, I think 10 months. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Um, but it was supposed to be my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law, my wife and me, we were all supposed to go to this trip in Europe, but uh, with blessing, my brother-in-law and his wife are having a kid, so they couldn't go. Mm. So time restrictions. So we changed it to honeymoon part two, except the conditions were my phone has to be off more times this trip than the last one. <laughs> oh, that's rough. It was rough. Yeah. <laughs> it was itching to work, but I mean, I enjoyed Europe this time. Yeah. This time around, yeah. What did you guys do? Uh, we started off in... The French Riviera, Nice, and then I've never been to Europe or specifically France or right. anywhere else that we went, and so I took it in as much as I could. Yeah, I was like, I'm never gonna get this chance again, so I might as well just take it in, soak it in, just appreciate what hard work is. What's the jewelry market like over there? Were you noticing people wearing chains and stuff? Honestly, um, I saw more handbags, <laughs> like expensive <laughs> oh. handbags in yeah. Europe than. Than jewelry. I, I saw watches more. Yeah. Uh, people are wearing more Rolexes than I've ever seen here in yeah. America. I wonder why. Why do you think that is? I have no idea. Yeah. I really don't know. Has, uh, so I would guess that the NIL deal is huge for your business. Yeah. Because those kids finally have money. Mm-hmm. I mean, they deserve to make money off their of likeness. They, of course. You know, they're they're sacrificing a lot. The universities are just making bank. Yeah. You know, for 
and but the kids are the entertainers and the athletes yeah um so I, i'm glad to see them get money but i you know i could imagine when i was that age mm -hmm. <laughs> i wasn't making good decisions no, with money man. either and i didn't have most of the time when i'd go want to go buy a car or go spend money mm -hmm. um there's nobody there who i'm paying money to that's mm -hmm. gonna like just be logical about hey right. let's think about this right. like you are yeah. i mean it's pretty impressive that you have that attitude oh, man i'm telling you when i was younger i was a reckless spender because like my dad did whatever he could as an immigrant parent he didn't come from money so he would you know give his fruits of his labor to me and i would be very very reckless with them mm -hmm. like you know seven cars in one point and it's just like switching out constantly because mm -hmm. like Cars were cheap back then in right. 2010, 11, 12. So I would keep switching, but I would wreck one or destroy one with modifications. But over time, I think there was a there was like a click for me in college and then another click um, during corporate America. And then my third brain click that I had recently, it just put everything into perspective. Hmm. And it was just, um, you know, that this is what drives me to do what I'm doing now with jewelry in an honest manner. Right. Well, I mean, that's impressive because you're still young. I yeah. mean, you're still only 28 years old. Yeah. So to go through all those iterations and, mm -hmm. and grow up and essentially mature is yeah. pretty impressive. Thank um, you. So the, the kids with the, why do you think it's, uh, why do you think like the, the pieces and the diamonds, why is that such a popular thing? Is it because the, the NFL guys do it? Um, and why do they do it? I think, I mean, there's no correct answer, to be honest. In my opinion, I think it's um, obviously started off with the rap game, mm -hmm. the rappers, the entertainers, the musicians. I think they started a, a, a cultural trend, which is fine. I, I enjoy that. I love seeing other people's design and artwork. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then it got into the NFL space and the NBA space and then it got into the college space. Right. And I think um, with some of our college athletes, like, don't follow the Joneses. Please mm. don't do it. <laughs> like, I urge everyone, do not follow anyone who wants diamonds because one day it won't be affordable, right. in my opinion. It's going to be so unaffordable that when you start looking at the other alternatives, you won't, you'll think twice before, like, oh, okay, so this is what everybody was marketing back then, but we never believed it. Right. Because once things become unaffordable, the switch happens. Right. Yeah. This can't do it. And, yeah. and, and like, what's the, uh, there's diamond options, right? Is there options? Is there diamonds made in a lab or what is, okay. how does that work? So you have natural diamonds, which come from the earth. Mm -hmm. Then you have lab diamonds. Mm. Then you have moissanites. Then you have cubic zirconians. And mm. then you have all the other ones that like the gemstones, the colored ones, I can't even pronounce some of the names, but um, but the majority three that everybody deals with now in the market is natural diamonds, lab diamonds, and moissanites. Hmm. Now, I'm not too technically savvy when it comes to like the definition between a lab diamond and a moissanite, but all I know that people are looking at is, number one, is since they're lab made, there's no carbon footprint on these, so it's clean. Mm -hmm. uh, the second thing is, is that all the all of my clients that are looking for and is they pass the pen tester that it marks as a diamond hmm. but in reality like if you have the money but you want to be smart with it 
choose an alternative. Really? Yeah. What's the pin tester? Is that? It's like a $20 Amazon tester you can get. So it just, it's a thermal conductivity tester where you just point it at the diamond and it, with the heat that it reflects off the diamond or the stone itself, it'll just shoot it up to a diamond. Hmm. So sometimes you can't even tell if it's a, if it's a real diamond or a lab diamond sometimes. Really? They're that good. They're that good. But now, thankfully, that GIA, the Gem, uh, Gemologist Institution of America came out with like a good machine. Sherlock Holmes came out with a good machine. So you can detect these now. So like, they are, they are, they are companies that are bringing honesty into work, but at the same time, they're showing materials that, you know, real diamonds is this and the comparison is this. Mm -hmm. That's it. And it's pretty, is it pretty close? You say? You can't tell. Really? You really can't tell. I think a lot of you guys will be interested in this next sponsor. First Light Farms is a New Zealand based farm that ships elk meat straight to your door. The reality is not everyone's going to fill their tag every year. So First Light Farms is ready to fill your freezer with lean protein that is high in iron, zinc, and B vitamins. To tell you the truth, I've been pretty surprised at how tender the meat is from First Light Farms. And I guess it's because they have no natural predators in New Zealand, so the elk live a pretty low-stress life, and you can taste that in the meat. They're offering listeners of the podcast a 15% discount using code CAM15 at stateclub.com dot firstlight dot farms the link will be in the show notes of the podcast for those interested cabela's and bass pro shops is a sponsor of the podcast and that's especially powerful for me because i remember when cabela's came to town came to springfield oregon and i actually played a role in the opening of that store instead of cutting the grand opening ribbon with scissors i shot it with an arrow and it was just a monumental thing. I mean, everybody here in town was talking about, hey, are you gonna go to Cabela's? Can you believe Cabela's is coming here to Springfield, Oregon? So I know what a staple those giants in the industry are. And it's actually, it's one of the first places people go when they're looking to get geared up to be to become a hunter is they go to Cabela's and buy everything they need. So I'm very excited that we've partnered together and we can help open up those outdoor and hunting opportunities to listeners of this podcast. Leupold Optics has been providing my binoculars and eyewear for the last few years. I like that it's an Oregon company and they make such high quality glass. That's all I've really used. And if you can't find what you're hunting, it's going to be tough to kill. So Leupold Optics has really played an integral part in my success these last few years. Thank you, Leupold, for supporting the podcast. Because mostly what people want, they want that flash. They want the VVS. Yeah. That's what they want. Yeah, that just to be sparkling mm-hmm. and lighting up the room, basically, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll admit, those guys, they, they do look kind they, of they kind like cool. badasses. It does <laughs> it look cool. cool. <laughs> I mean, you see that, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, even I saw you do grills, too. It's oh, just yeah. Like, it yeah. makes, it's like. I'm not like some elite athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm an old white guy, but man, it makes like, dang, that would be kind of sick to I, uh, to walk around and just be some badass stud like that. So one of the things I did for my wedding, I told my dad and I was like, hey, I know you have to make it to this event for the wedding, but I need you to go to the office and pick up my grills. So I specifically made diamond grills for me for my wedding. <laughs> did you? Yeah. <laughs> and it was one of those like I said, one of those wasteful moments of yeah. my money, yeah. but it was the best showcase that I could have ever done because Did, in, in the wedding you had, you, you wore it for the mm-hmm. pictures. 
I wore for one of the pictures and then my wife got pissed. So I was like, <laughs> fuck this, take this off. Yeah. Yeah. You got your picture with it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> $5,000 down the drain though, but well, yeah. you got memories. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you, so all your, your wasteful spending isn't all the way out of your system. Well, that was just that one condition, <laughs> okay. but, um, I think my, well, my past, my recent addiction has been like watches, mm. but then I realized really quickly, each watch tells the same time. So right. what's the point of buying all of these? Yeah. So now I've like collectively started to sell some of them okay. and then keep the most memorable ones. What What's your favorite watch? Uh, man, there's so many, but yeah. um, I have two. It's the Cartier Santos that my wife's family gave me for the wedding. Mm. And then I have a Rolex 2023 Submariner with date. That's mm. my first Rolex ever. Okay. And I loved it. Are the those I don't even know how expensive are those? The Rolex uh MSRP is 10,400, market's probably selling around 14,000. Whoa. Yeah. And then the Cartier is 7,000. Joe's a big watch guy, oh, my I buddy know. Rogan. Yeah. yeah. He uh yeah. yeah, he's he loves it. Didn't he toss like an Omega to some uh to one of his uh podcasts? Uh, I think he did. A guest yeah, who did he give that to? I do remember that. Like he was just like, "Oh, this is Omega. Here you go." And I'm like, "Wait, what? What are you doing?" He's. I mean, you would you would really like how he operates. He's very generous. Yeah, very generous. It's. Uh, he's actually the most generous person I've ever been around. Mm -hmm. And so he had, that doesn't surprise me that he did that because to him it's like, he just likes to see people happy. Yeah, it's but. really hard in this day and age with a lot of technology and a lot of like. A lot of like, how's how do I say this? Like, bad energy. I guess I can say instead of saying hate, like bad energy mm -hmm. would be a good term. That it affects people's happiness. To be honest, yeah, because uh, I see it on Instagram. I I mean, I read it on Instagram, right? And then I see it like when I go out with friends, and I see it, and I see it with like friends of friends, mm -hmm. and I see it within families too, and it's just like, just why? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. We're only on this earth for a certain. For a short period of time yeah. in, the, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's mm -hmm. like, why do you want to have hate mm -hmm. or, or malcontent in your heart? Yeah. And then um, uh, before the podcast started, remember, I showed you that that username that I write on every single one of my pieces. It's Godlack, yeah. which is my cousin mm -hmm. who abruptly passed away because a vein in his heart exploded. So God. he was working and um, he was wor I think he was on Twitch working on like some content. And then, like, he logged off, and then next thing you know, he never woke up. Like, he, it was like an instant, like, gone. How old was he? 34, my sister's age. They're six months apart, oh, if I'm man. correct. Yeah. And, and so... No warning or anything? Nothing, nothing, nothing. And that's why that, that was one of my brain clicks that I had in life, is that this life is way too short. Like, money shouldn't matter. Only whatever passion or dream you have, and that makes you happy... You go fucking do it. Mm -hmm. Don't stop for anyone else because life, if you want to have life that like you want to have hatred life, th that life is here. But if you want to be happy, you want to be life here. And that's where I'm trying. Mm -hmm. But in the middle is a struggle. You got to work through it. Right. That defines who you are. Yeah. Now it's, uh, do you think it's more natural to, to follow here or, and it takes yeah. more work to be happy? That seems, doesn't that seem odd? I discovered Rogan in college. And mm -hmm. so like, I think because of him and 
and then I followed into Goggins and you, and then Jocko Willink. Uh, I think I found like the best algorithm that I clicked on, and because um, I'm, t- I can be honest with you, life for me was here: go to school, go drink, party it up, have bad social habits like smoking and drinking for me at least, and then destroy my body and then repeat all over again. And then when I saw Rogan and then Jocko Willink of holding yourself accountable, I was like, wait, this does. This kind of makes sense. All right, let me hold myself accountable for something. So whenever I go out, I'd be like, wait, I can't do this. So I upgraded. All right. And then, you know, sometimes you fall back down the ladder, but you have to pick yourself back up Mm -hmm. because life is about learning. Successful is here. But for me, I like the middle ground. I like the dirt. Right. Like, okay, this is what I did. Okay, this is what I did wrong. Okay, how can I be better? If I can do better than I was yesterday, like Kobe said in his book, man, I'm money. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I mean, it is hard to be perfect all the time, Mm -hmm. but it's like, I know when I wanted to make a change way back when, and I'm like, I was doing a lot of negative habits, a lot of, you know, I was, I was kind of a hater for people that were more successful than me. But when you kind of know that you're doing something and it doesn't feel right, Mm -hmm. and then you still fuck up, you go out and drink, it doesn't feel the same when you're drinking, because you know you're taking a step backwards, even when you're doing it. You're like, I'm gonna get a buzz, I'm gonna get, we're having a good time, but it's just like in the back of your head, you're like, this isn't that great. No, I mean, it's taken me a while to like, because I can't, for at least for my body specifically, that I've been self-aware of, like if I was to, like I tried cold turkey, and it sucked. So now I've started to, okay, slow it down completely, mm-hmm. right? Go one by one. Don't go crazy. Like how you explained to me about running is um, like I slowed it down. So I went from three to two, two to one. Now I can't even like smell the thing. Like what? The, I can't smell beer. Oh, a beer. Like yeah. I can't handle so it cut, anymore. Cut way back and then finally now it's. I can't smell it. I can't, I can't deal with the smell of beer. Really? Yeah. So you don't drink at all now? Zero. Yeah. Zero. Now, you're not missing anything. I'm not, because that buzz will feel great. Mm-hmm. But then when you get up and then you walk and then the buzz wears off, you're still slow. Yeah. And I hate being slow. Yeah. I mean, they, they say once you when you go out and get drunk or do whatever, mm-hmm. it takes your body a while mm-hmm. to get back to where you were. So all that gains you could have made during that time, mm-hmm. you're just getting back to where you already were. Trust me. When I when I first ran, I DM'd you. I was like, Cam, I'm dying. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> yeah. I felt it. Yeah. I felt it. So it's only been a short amount of time for me mm-hmm. that I've quit. Right. But like just by reading your book and like understanding like what all of you guys, like the the wise men that I call it, Jocko, you, David, Joe, and many more, Kip specifically, because he's he's a He's a wild man at heart, but yeah. like his discipline is so solid. Right. But um, uh, what I've realized is that, man, it's not worth it. No. 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 I, can't, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, there's really no redeeming quality to it. Um, so who, like, if you go back um, on this journey, mm-hmm. what's been the spe- most special piece you've made so far? Ooh. You really put me on the spot here, Cam. <laughs> yeah. I was um, just curious. I saw a lot of, a lot of, I went through your page. I yeah. saw a lot of cool stuff. I think one of the 
things, one of the most memorable I've ever done was I did a Kobe Bryant Gigi Memorial for the second anniversary of their mm-hmm. passing. Mm-hmm. And I was able to find a Staples Center picture online and um, and I was able to replicate it. But it was like, it took me about six months to find the perfect picture mm. that showed love, compassion, memory, legacy. So the legacy was uh, Kobe with his daughter. The compassion was like him kissing his daughter on the forehead. And then like it just showed the legacy that he took her to a basketball game. Mm-hmm. Right. Because she was interested in basketball yeah. from what I've read so right. far. And I th- and right then and there, it, it clicked. And you so, made that piece with that picture. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was all enamel. And sometimes you can get the enamel part right with the designers and the like production workers that are doing it. But I was full hands on with that one. I was mm-hmm. making sure every night or in the middle of the morning, like, hey, how are you doing it? So I would sit on the video call and I'd just be watching them just, just sit there and do it. Mm-hmm. Because if they messed up and it would lose all meaning for me because I'm kind of like a perfectionist, but right. I know not everything is perfect. But for that piece, I had to make sure like this is it. Yeah, and did it turn out perfect? It was it was perfect. So, was perfect. and is it for you? So, um, I was working with a manager, a PR manager at that time, and um, I texted her. I was like, "Hey, this project that I was been working on for about six, seven months, here it is." She goes, "We have an opportunity to give it to a former Laker player." Mm. So I gave it to that former Lakers player. Uh, Lamar Odom got it, um, and it was like one of the best things I've ever done because it was an article about him. And forget his past, like what L- Lamar did, but he's such a genuine, honest person, like mm-hmm. like great to talk to. And um, I gave it to him, and I mean, it was it was I didn't care for the promo, but it was amazing. Mm. That piece went to a former Laker that yeah. played with the legend. Yeah, and they were, from what I remember, they were close. They're really at, close. I mean, didn't games. didn't what happened? He had some medical issues. Yeah, it seems like. Kobe was around for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Kobe during that time helped him out. And I'm glad Lamar is well and he's doing great. Mm -hmm. So, hey, man, good good for you, Lamar. But I'm glad you gave me the opportunity to give you that piece. For real. It was great. Yeah, that's, I mean, when Kobe died, man, that was terrible. I mean, of course his daughter. Of course his daughter, too. I mean, he can't. But Kobe was such a legend. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't know, now... What's terrible is like, yeah, he was super famous. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved him. Mm-hmm. But once the, the people are gone, then you go back and you go, you watch these clips and you hear his mindset mm-hmm. and you're just like, God, I knew he was special, but I don't know if I didn't, I didn't realize how special, mm-hmm. you know, just his, when, that winning mindset. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of Kobe motivation videos on YouTube really popped off at a year after he passed mm-hmm. because that's when it, it, hit reality that okay there is like we 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 lost a legend and so a lot of the kobe mindset like the mamba mentality like i'm not good at it but like man the man was a beast yeah a beast relentless yeah yeah i know i i've been inspired by him too yeah yeah. i would had another athlete in here an olympian uh matthew centrowitz and he Mm -hmm. you know he likes having that Kobe or the Jordan or that type of like just, mm-hmm. you know, 
foot on the neck, yeah. just crush a competition. Oh yeah. And that's what he tries to do too. But it's like that, that mindset is, I don't know. I wish I would have appreciated it more when Kobe was here, but mm -hmm. now I guess, you know, he's gone and you just really gravitate towards you know, it. He, in my opinion, I think when Kobe passed, he left us a guidebook like, Hey, I've said all these things, use this to your advantage. Like mm -hmm. he just gave it. It's right there. Like the Kobe book, for example, all the, all the interviews he's done, it's so educational. And I think, I think everybody should just at least review it once. Mm -hmm. Like just understand what he's saying. Take a notepad, take notes. But I think if everyone did that, I mean, the world would kind of be in a perfect scenario, but yeah. not not everything's in a perfect scenario, but just give it a try. If you want to go from here just a little bit up, just give Kobe a try. Right. Because his, have you read the Kobe book? No. Uh, I'm going to ship you mine when I, when I get back home and you need to read it, man. Is it good? It's amazing. It's like a storytelling book, mm. which he was really good at. Mm -hmm. But the man never slept. Yeah. To be honest, he never slept. But I love, you know, and you hear that because I've seen, you know, Iverson would talk. I saw clips where Iverson mm -hmm. would talk about how they would go out yeah. and be at the club and they'd come back and he was just getting up, going to the gym or coming yeah. back from the gym yeah. and just would never miss a workout mm -hmm. and would just think, well, if I start earlier, where these guys are getting two workouts a day, yeah. I can get three. Yeah, yeah. And then compound that year after year after year. Who's ahead? And you can't, you'll never catch up. Yeah. If the talent is equal, or I mean, relatively equal. And for him, his talent was probably even higher. Then he's outworking everybody, almost like Jordan. Yeah. And it's like, man, you'll never touch that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was, I think, a uh, documentary that came out about the 2000. I think 2008 or 12 uh, Olympic Games where everybody's going to the club, that scenario you were telling me about, and they were explaining that, hey, Kobe would never go to the club. Like he would he would be out running or go, getting on a bike or something. Like if, like I tried to, in the beginning stages, like I was hooked on Kobe's book. So like I followed that method. I would be up at four o'clock in the morning hmm. every day. I sold all my luxuries during that time and um, I was driving a stick shift. Worst thing to do in Atlanta, don't recommend it. But um, that seven thousand five hundred dollar beat up car, and I would drive that thing to the store, and I would be up at four o'clock, and I would run right after work, hmm. and I would get myself in shape because everything was still shut down. Yeah, no friends, nothing. So, I think COVID was a blessing, kind yeah. of for my business, for my life. Um, rest in peace to everybody else. That what what happened to them, and it was unfortunate. But I think COVID changed a lot of people's lives. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it gave people, I think people went one or two ways. Either they went backwards or mm -hmm. they went forward. And if you were grinding out there and hungry mm -hmm. and saw, had a vision, mm -hmm. you could go forward like what you have. The vision was, the vision does get blurry. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's like the self-doubt, like thinking that, you know, okay, I missed this opportunity and you're bringing yourself down. But like when the, when the vision gets blurry, you know, I had, I had my rock, I had my two rocks, my mom and my wife. I mean, dad's always there. Dad's always going to be the pushing pushing factor. But the emotional support, man, yeah, my wife and my mom were like the two the two rocks of my life. Mm -hmm. My dad's going to be like, all right, stop fucking complaining, go work. Like, <laughs> like, you can always count on that from dad. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in what's it like growing up in an, or having grown up in Atlanta? I mean, what's I, I, I've never been in the I mean, I've been to the South. I've never lived there. Okay. 
So Atlanta is is a very, very hot, and well, Georgia specifically, a very, very hot state. Like, it's right under Florida, in my opinion, for the South. Uh, growing up in Atlanta, I grew up in the suburbs. My parents really, really worked hard to keep us in the suburbs, like in a good, safe area, um, best schools, and, you know, both mom and dad working. So they gave me the best education that they could possibly give me. And obviously I fucked that up as much as I could, (laughs) but, um, yeah, uh, living in Atlanta is fun back then, but now it's kind of like, you know, going, going to school in downtown, like Georgia state university, it was kind of, it's kind of risky, man. Like crime is really high, Mm -hmm. uh, back then. And then it's still, crime is still is a little higher now um but then luckily i switched over to university of georgia um graduated from there so like living in georgia as a whole it's been great it's a lot of struggles to be honest a lot of a lot of like crowds that i got involved with bad good amazing so i learned my way through it and Mm -hmm. now i've like finally got a set group which now my best friend um one of my best friends is now my brother-in-law so it's kind of great that i get to have him around yeah, that is good. That goofy fucker, I swear. <laughs> what does he do? Uh, so he's in the family business. So okay. um, he's with uh, his father, and they have multiple gas stations. So bless them, whatever they're doing, because it's a lot of hard work. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, my father-in-law works a lot of grinding hours. Like like hats off to that man. Yeah, yeah, that's tough. Um, And then so George, what was like going to school? You... you I went to Georgia Georgia. State University and and then then I transferred out. So Georgia State University was my redemption time. So I got a 4.0 and I was like, dad, I'm switching to University of Georgia. I'm getting an apartment. (laughs) You proved yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. So quick. (laughs) And I went to University of Georgia and that's when the GPA started tanking. Why too much social stuff? uh, I mean, UGA part, well back then, like, I think, I don't know if it is now, but back then when everybody wanted to go to University of Georgia. It was like, hey, it's a party school, time to rage, let's right. go. So I literally took that <laughs> as like a real thing. Yeah. And, um, oh, I partied hard my first year and second year, and then I was like, oh, no, GPA is down to 3.4. No, I got to get that back up to 3.5 or higher. Right. So I started grinding. Um, I mean, obviously, I would party, but I wouldn't go that hard. And then... Uh, and then I switch my sleep schedule, do as much as I can. I mean, corporate the corporate life structure there, like getting a job after college is just it's just the norm, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I've seen a lot of people like come up with ideas and they don't even go to corporate America. They just make millions of dollars. They have their idea, it worked, they grinded in the initial, and now they're doing great. But majority of the times, it's like get out of college, go get a job, and that's it. Nine that's to five, you do forever. I mean. Go to go to work at nine, come back home at five, go to a bar, go social, come back home at what, nine, nine PM, ten, go to sleep, repeat. Mm-hmm. And I've lived that. And it's annoying. Yeah. As a young guy, like when I had my first job, and I hated it. Mm-hmm. After like the first three months, you're just like, Can we go do something else, please, instead of drink? <laughs> yeah. What's what's the best part of what you do now? I think the best part now is when I get on a plane and travel and see the smile. Like I saw the smile on your yeah, face. Yeah. Like that's it. That's that's what I look for. Okay. That's yeah. it. The designing process is fun, but like seeing that smile, that's just it's just the tip of the iceberg right there. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah. 
um, have you hooked up a lot of uh, Georgia athletes? Have they used your, your um, business? I have had a lot of UGA athletes, and then uh, I try to do my best to educate them and do the best I can and give them all the information. But obviously, when it comes to certain periods where they really, really want diamonds, they'll they'll go to someone else, even though I provide it, which is fine. I have mm. no problem with that. I just hope that they're getting the right deal for the right price at the right time in the market. Because right. gold market is it's fluctuating. Mm. Like last week, it was 2075 an ounce, and today... I looked at it when I landed, it was 1980. Really? Yeah. Way down. Way down. Hmm. So it just fluctuates. And I'm hoping that they got the best gold price per gram deal and then they got the best diamonds as possible. And I hope that, you know, I wish them all the success wherever they got it from, man. But I hope they got the best deal. And it, and it hurts sometimes when clients come back to me and say, like, I got it from this person and I paid this. And when I calculate it out based on their design, I'm like, man, you... You kind of overspent there. Paid a lot. And I'm like, and it hurts. Like, yeah. And going to another client, uh, going to another competitor or a friendly artist, usually that's what I would say, um, because I have some cool, you know, cool friends in the jewelry business, even though we have the same clientele. Um, you know, I just want to make sure that, uh, that you know, sometimes it used to hurt when they would go to a competition. It would burn. It would mm -hmm. burn me so bad. But now I've realized that, like, you know, you have a blessing to be in this business and you're alive, just take it at will and keep going. Yeah. I mean, I think that you'd have to feel good about the approach you're taking. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it feels like the right way to do it. Yeah. Maybe you could make more money doing it mm -hmm. another way, mm -hmm. but yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, it seems like that'd be hard. You'd have to, your conscience would have to take the back seat. You know what I mean? And if, I feel like you're in a good spot. Good I'm place. in a good spot. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, uh, you know, this is a slow month for me, right? Mm -hmm. I can say that honestly. Um, and I'm okay with it. You know, it's, uh, you know, everybody's training, everybody's having summer vacations. You go enjoy jewelry is not a opportunistic thing, but fingers crossed, hope to God when the four weeks before seasons, football season starts, man, oh man, I won't have hair <laughs> on my head. <laughs> You'll be busy. I'd be so busy. And everybody, everybody probably wants their stuff. Like quick. Yeah. Like, but it's, I can't pull shit out of my ass. Like <laughs> it takes time. It takes so much time because like trying to get the right price point for some of these clients, it takes a lot of time. Like, like you can get it from the factory overseas. You'd be paying 30% less, but if you want it like next week, you're paying that 30% rush yeah. fee. Cause like labor in America is high. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've genuinely tried to move production to America it's the hardest mm. because the prices that I would have to output would outweigh any profit or minimal profit that I would need to make to sustain the business. Right. So yeah. I do the best I can. Mm -hmm. And I hope all my clients understand that, that I don't sleep <laughs> <laughs> and I'm here for you and I'll do whatever it takes. Did, did I see you made one for Des Bryant? No, that's not Des Bryant. Oh, it's not Des Bryant. No, no, I it was uh, Des four. Wasn't that him? Or his number? Uh, I don't remember if it was number yeah. four was Des Bryant or not. Maybe oh. maybe I'll check later. But um, maybe I it was for head. a San Diego, San Diego State player. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he wanted a big piece, and he wanted within a budget. So I was like, all right, here. I lost like 200 bucks from my original like profit margin, but mm -hmm. it was worth it. Yeah. 
And he's happy and with he's it. He's so happy with it. Yeah, the stuff looks so good, dude. I mean, and everybody, I like you have the pictures with everybody and they're smiling and yeah. the piece looks great. Have you ever noticed that I never smile in my pictures? Uh, I never like consciously noticed that. Okay, but how, now come? how come? <laughs> how come? Um, I don't know. I just don't do it. Hmm. It's just, I mean, I told my wife, I don't want to, I don't want anyone to see me happy, right? And I don't want a motherfucker to see me happy doing my <laughs> shit. But, <laughs> Sorry, mom, for cursing, but yeah. the, I mean, it's just one of those like the tough mentalities that I just have in my head. Like, I don't want to smile from all of my stuff because like, yeah. I want to see their smile. It's their time. Right. Not my time. I see. My time is when I'm at home or I'm on a plane or reading a book or something. Yeah. Cause I guess somebody, if they wanted to twist it, they could be like, oh, look at this fucker smiling. He yeah. just took all this money from him. You know what I mean? Like, if they wanted to, yeah. they could turn it into who knows what. Yeah. It's like this world can be twisted into so many other things, man. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like some of my clients uh, asked me, like, you're on all these flights. You have a lot of flight miles. Uh, no. <laughs> like, as soon as you sign up for one of those credit cards, like 100,000 miles that you get for like a promo, mm-hmm. right? That's like five flights for me. Right. Right. And so, uh, luckily, thanks to, um, Thanks to a friend and soon to be like family member of mine, uh, when Frontier launched their pass, he was like, go buy it now. So I bought it and now my flights are 30 bucks, but really, yeah, nice. 30 bucks. It's that amazing. Cheap. Yeah. That is per, I didn't even realize they had that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. But I mean, you, ha- you would have to strategize of like how yeah. you're going, but, um, but that's the, like, it, like if a client's giving me that money, like it went mm-hmm. into that frontier pass, it's for other, for that specific clients and all the other clients. Yeah. Right. I don't have to take Delta anywhere. Throw me in the back of the plane. Like, <laughs> get me to where the fuck I'm going. Like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's getting there at the same time, right? Yeah. Whether it's first class or in the back. Yep. Well, you know, you know what we're going to do today? We're going to run Pisca. What do you think of that? I, have, I I knew I knew that one. You was said coming. you're tired, right? I'm tired, but I'm ready for it. <laughs> uh, I ain't no bitch. I'm doing it. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean it's it's incredible that. I mean, how often do you travel then? If you came out here, do you, so, or do you have another stop on this trip? So uh, when I got back from Europe, the next morning I was in Orlando. Mm. So um, I did that. Uh, I delivered that piece to the client, and I had another piece that I had to deliver in Orlando. So I drove. Like when I flew into Orlando with a rental car, I like drove to all these places and then I, I try to fly at least four times a week. Really? Yeah. After this, I mean, I promised like, you know, I wanted to get home early, but then like my wife booked me a nice hotel here. So it was like, she was like, extend your ticket, like enjoy Eugene. I know you love it here. Like just go. Oh, sweet. So like, I'm just, so I'm here to like noon tomorrow. Oh, nice. So I'm like, okay, I get to enjoy the city a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But Eugene's, four times a week, man. Oh man, you are. I mean, I try to take the grinding. four a.m. flights. I try to get home before dinner, the nine thirty as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, but the biggest support is my wife. Cooks me food. Thank you <laughs> for that, because like usually it'd be like fast food because it's so yeah. quick. I need to be in and out as fast as possible. So you you try to deliver each piece. Yes. No matter where it no is. matter no matter wherever the fuck it is, I will be there. Really? Yeah. That's international impressive. just give me some time to plan, but I got you. That's impressive. Yes, sir. I mean, so that sets you apart right there. I, d- I think I did. If I was to calculate everything, I think I did 150 to 200 flights last year, <sighs> including connections. So if I have a connection and I have a client there, I'd be like, "Hey, can you meet me at the airport so I can catch my next flight?" I did notice a bunch of the 
pictures were at airports. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, yeah. So that's just taking advantage of you being in the city. I, I, so I would ask them, hey, just show me your location where you are from the airport. And if they say 30 minutes, I'm like, hey, I land at this time. Would you be able to make it out here? They'll be like, this is the least we can do for you. <laughs> like, yeah. So they'll come out here and then they'll just, you know, they'll come to the airport. I've had one client pick me up from the airport, took me out to breakfast, uh, and then I gave him his wedding ring that he oh, was going to do to propose. And I just finished their project too. So they got their dream wedding ring. It was the hardest thing I've ever done. And it was the fastest thing I've ever done in my really? life. Yeah. I think, was that like a big tall guy? Stone Forsyth. Yeah. Yeah. I think From I saw that. Hawks. Yeah. I think I He's saw so that. He's so nice. Really? Such a nice guy. Yeah. Man, what a, I mean, just think that you, because of what you do, you get to meet some pretty mm -hmm. incredible people. Those athletes, everybody's got the story. Everybody came up. You know, mm -hmm. overcame so much to get where they mm -hmm. are, and you get to you know. Anytime, I always think that if I can rub elbows with people like that, I'm yeah. going to get a little better. Yeah, you know, people who have fought to for their dreams. I mean, this talking to you is a dream, right? Oh. Like this is like I've never imagined this, and I have the opportunity to be here doing this. This is amazing. Like, but what I want, what people don't realize, like anybody can say that I came up from like. No, your your dad had it, and that's why you had it easier. Maybe, but my dad doesn't know Instagram. Right. Right? Like, Well, when you were in eighth grade, my you, dad. you're telling your dad, let's get on eBay. Yeah. I mean, most kids are so wrapped up in their own shit that yeah. they're not thinking about helping the family business. Yeah. I mean, but I did get in trouble. But, like, <laughs> but like, but like going to the office was fun for me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, going to the same building, doing whatever, meeting all these people, shooting the shit with some people whenever you get time yeah. and like just learning from like the older guys like okay this is what this is what I did here okay wait that's a good idea let me move this here all right let me change this up take this idea mold it into something go back to that guy hey what do you think about this and he's like all right that's good all right produce keep going learn everything life is a learning process if you are, if you're not learning every day then what the fuck are you doing mm -hmm. simple as that yeah I, that's a great attitude I mean, I just, I, dude, I cannot believe you made this chain. This is so, <laughs> this is so badass. I mean, I love this thing. Yes, sir. Yeah. I mean, and then this is, did you say that's your cousin? Yeah. His, his real name is Rahel, but, uh, yeah, I, I dedicated my whole company hmm. to, well, I wanted to use his username instead of his real name. So, yeah. Was he pretty popular on Twitch? Uh, when we, when we went for the funeral, um, he had a lot of following. He mm -hmm. had a lot of WWE connects because he loved wrestling. Oh, and so like, so for Twitch, I think he was really he was getting there. Mm -hmm. I think he was getting there, and he was following his dreams. God, I'm sorry. No. Sorry for that loss. Yeah, but that's how you. That's what. That's what clicked. Life is too short. Mm hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you probably you, you know my my story, but the, you know my buddy here, Roy. You know, Roy. Yeah, I just finished that chapter on the plane. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it, in much the same way you're trying to honor your, your cousin, I try to honor Roy and because mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here without him. And mm -hmm. he's the, you know, or people wouldn't know me if I didn't bow hunt. He got me started bow hunting. So yeah. I, I totally get this, this honoring. Um, and, you know, it, having our work mean something. Yeah. Um, I think, I think you and I, as well you more so and i'm getting there slowly is that each thing that you do every day is 
a definition of the people you're trying to remember and what you're trying to do when they're not when 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 they have passed and you're trying to bring their legacy along Mm -hmm. i my goal is to carry on his name and carry on my legacy and my family's legacy and show that like hey anything is possible like i closed my eyes and i consciously dreamt about being on a podcaster and doing jewelry or doing bigger things with real estate like i've consciously i consciously dream every day if you can follow that I think nothing can stop you. You're dangerous. Yeah. You're dangerous. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, and just, you know, having those dreams is one part, but then you're just, you're working, you're yeah. making them happen. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, the vision is, is one, but you're going to have to put your head down and, and get to work and yeah. you're doing that. Oh man. I think that, you know, that Gary V and the people you follow, mm-hmm. I think it just keeps reinforcing that mindset mm-hmm. and look at you, you're fucking killing it, dude. Doing my best, man. I'm <laughs> you, doing my best. Like, you're killing it. I mean, your cousin would definitely be proud. I mean, and um, man, that that is amazing. He was the he was the. I think like remember how we were talking about hate, and he never hated anyone, man. Hmm. Never hated anyone. And so when we heart. see this war, when we see this world, and like we see hate, man, and I think of him, and I'm like, man, he never hated anyone. Lost him too soon. Hmm. Seriously. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so what, what's the, what big piece are you working on now? You got one? Um, I am actually. Yeah. It's one, two, three. It's for one guy, three pieces. And he's my most loyal client. Um, and he will call me just to shoot the shit. Mm. Like he's that type of guy, three o'clock in the morning. Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, bro, I'm sleeping. Leave me alone. (laughs) Is it athlete or? Yeah, he's an athlete. I'm not going to say the name because everybody will figure it out. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, his next three pieces are just going to be the most fly pieces I've ever done. Really? Yeah. Diamond? Uh, no. Gold? It's going to be silver. Oh, silver. silver. Okay. Yeah, Sweet. Yeah. You're pumped? I see him once a month. Yeah. So I'm pumped to see the reaction more so than to like get on a plane this time because <laughs> like these plane travels they hurt yeah they hurt the back so bad oh yeah i understand i mean it's it traveling is definitely hard yeah. work um well that's cool well it's, when you get this done and get it get it delivered to them you have to send me a picture oh dude I'll, i got you i want to see <laughs> i want to see yeah who's your okay well we'll end it on this who's your dream client like who would you love to make something for you did kobe already i mean you know yeah Unfortunately, he was passed. But if you could, if you could design something for somebody, mm-hmm. who would it be? Man, there's so many. I think, um, I think the dream client, with, with, if I could explain and do the, explain to him all the information that we can like change athletes' minds for the better and for financial literacy. I think LeBron James. Mm. LeBron James. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's got a huge platform, mm-hmm. huge platform. And it's not because of the platform. He's a, even though he never went to college, he did get financial literacy and he is super, super smart strategically yeah, on, on, on the court mm-hmm. and business, mm-hmm. right? And he cares. He actually gives a shit. <laughs> so yeah. if we can, if I could ever get the chance to do a piece with him and we can educate college athletes high school athletes, even those guys are getting money from NIL before they even graduate. Hmm. We can educate these guys like, hey, make generational wealth 
still do whatever you want, but understand your consequences if you're spending this much money. I think I'll, I think we would see less and less uh, athletes going broke. For I, sure. I mean, to your point, I think his son has big NIL deals already, yeah, right? He's USC. Still, still in high school. And it seems mm-hmm. like I thought I read where he was seven million dollars somehow with with something i don't know but yeah i mean so these these premier athletes they do have access to money these days so Mm -hmm. yeah to your point making good decisions with that Mm -hmm. it's going to impact their kids and their kids as kids yes yeah i think that's a that's a good good goal Mm -hmm. you know he read my book really lebron yeah that's awesome yes how stoked were you yeah he i mean i never thought that you know, the most, basically right now, he's the most famous, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know about athlete, but for sure NBA player. Yeah. And like, what would we have in common? Yeah. Well, why would he be reading Endure? You know what I mean? So that was kind of cool. Yeah, maybe he's learning from you, man. Something <laughs> that you have and he's trying to learn, man. I mean, that's a blessing. Yeah, that's great. Huge you know, blessing. You want to be able to, I think it's it's cool when we can reach outside. You know, everybody's got their own little circle and mm-hmm. clicks. And mm-hmm. I hang out with this type of people and we all like this these certain type of things yeah. but when you can expand that's how you grow mm-hmm. you know and so yeah he's you know had nothing to do with like my life yeah but still we had some common thing or a connection mm-hmm. so it's it's pretty cool but yeah i mean you know this world is it's a special place filled with special people mm-hmm. and like anytime we can come in contact and grow from them and yeah. learn from them or just listen yeah it's uh we benefit for sure um Man, this has been a a great conversation. It's an honor. I I thank you so much for coming all the way here to Eugene. Thank you for giving me the opportunity or even responding to my DM. (laughs) Thank you so much. We're going to take this up Pisgah and we're going to get a picture up there on top. Let's fucking do it. With that chain. How about that? Let's fucking do it. Okay. I'm pumped. Thank thank you. Um, We're going to have a a great afternoon up on the hill. Oh, yeah. And I appreciate the time on the podcast. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much, guys. All right. Keep hammering. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a company that's very easy for me to promote because I drink coffee all day, every day. But more importantly, they are a huge supporter of the veteran community and are a veteran-owned business, so they have my full support. Use code KEEPHAMMERING for 20% off your first order and 20% off subscription to The Coffee Club, where you get exclusive coffee blends and merchandise. Mountain Ops offers the best supplements on the market and functional gear for athletes and hunters. Their Battleground Merino garments are some of the best I have found. I've chosen to support a company that supports the community. A portion of every sale on Mountain Ops website, www.mountainops.com, goes to help feed a family in need. Use my code KEEPHAMMERING for 20% off your first purchase and also receive free shipping.